G'day, legend. Just a quick intro and housekeeping for this episode. Kelly and I had, well, we had the goal of talking about MPSS or shin splints, <laughs> which you've probably seen from the start of this episode, but we just got into an argument about do you need a diagnosis, which went for 30 minutes. So we obviously <laughs> not going to do that, that one. But yeah, have a listen. To be honest, I mean, we didn't have any concepts or ideas before we went in. We didn't even know we were going to talk about it. And it's been a big couple of weeks. So we were just really dropping the chin, chewing the fat, <laughs> weren't we? Yeah, we were. But yeah, it was it was good. So um, Yeah, I want to hear what other people think too. Yeah, please reach out and tell us. Just say who's right. Don't give any reason to say Blake or Kelly. But we've got a couple of episodes coming out with Dr. Kevin Kirby, Dr. Stephen Kent, both absolute weapon episodes. They're longer episodes, but they're great. Remember to head over to our Instagram, give us a follow message, send through any questions at all, any case studies, anything like that. We had a lovely gentleman send through a case study and it just happened to be we were recording an episode with a foot and ankle surgeon mm. and we asked him yeah, his case study, good. which was about himself. So I hope he's appreciative of yeah. that doesn't happen every day. And yeah, give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a share. Yeah, whatever you like. But we, we really want people to send in some questions because we love answering them. But yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll speak to you all next week. G'day, g'day, legends. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Medicine Project. <laughs> It's Blake. I'm here with Kelly. We're back from our week hiatus. We went home for my mum's birthday out in the bush. Happy birthday, mum. Happy 50th. I hate the bush. I don't like it anymore. I grew up in the bush. I just don't like it. Like, we went down to the pub and it was just woeful. It was horrible, <laughs> hey? Except they, the Sinian chips, they gave us so much. It was big. Yeah. Mm. And they just had nothing. They had, like, JD and Woodstock and... Yeah, I just wanted to have like a nice drink. But anyway, we're back. We're back in the city. And Parkrun was pretty average as well. Yeah, so Kelly and I were hoping to PB at Parkrun. I only brought my vapor flies. <laughs> Your vapor fr- flies got ruined. My vapor fries. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we got there and it was like a mud track. Actually, everyone, listen to this. I hope this guy is listening to this. So this lady goes because i rocked up in the vapor flies and she obviously knew what was going on she was like oh what are you hoping to do and i was like oh you know around around the 20 minute and then this other guy was there and um she asked him the same question and he's like oh yeah no i'm just up from port macquarie you know i'm i'm feeling pretty slow i'm just probably gonna run five minute k something like 25 minutes i was like oh sweet i'm gonna blitz this park run we start and he just sprints and I was like, you're kidding. He's yeah, just, he was flying. He bamboozled me. It's because he wanted to win. He yeah, knew he, he had a chance, so he took it. And he did win. And, and I was, did. yeah, I was trying to cut the course. I was doing everything, but I lost. Anyway, so that's why we had a week hiatus. We just recorded a cracking episode <clears throat> with Dr. Stephen Kent, who's a foot and ankle orthopedic specialist here mm. in Newcastle. So that's going to be out in the next couple of weeks. We've also got Dr. Kevin Kirby's episode out. If you're listening to this, it's already out. Please go listen to that. It, it was interesting. Yeah, a bit we, of a different perspective to what um, we t- typically sort of go for. So it's always good to have insight from the other side, I guess you could say. Yeah, and he's an incredibly knowledgeable, smart person. Yeah, he's, his Facebook content is incredible. Like he, he really understands biomechanics like no one that I know. And I mean, I lecture in it. And some of the stuff that I lecture on, we base it off 
um, what he did many mm. um, years ago. Super interesting. We talk a lot about you know custom orthotics, the the super shoes, why he thinks they're important. You know, using biomechanics in your rehab and the management of your patients. So it's it's really good. But today's episode is on shin splints. I don't like to call them shin splints, but We'll call it. I'm going to call it MTSS. I just don't think MTSS has kind of gone now too. It's it's typically more uh, exercise induced shin pain is what the politically correct term is now. Where have you read that? I don't think that's the case it is. because that's it's vague. That's like saying exercise induced yeah. lower leg pain. Yeah, like um, <clears throat> so in the shoulder, for example, people are moving away from calling it say rotator cuff tendinopathy or or. Uh, subacromial bursitis and they call it more rotator cuff related pain or instead of gluteal tendinopathy or mm. trochanteric bursitis they call it um greater trochanteric related pain yeah okay because you can't clinically you can't um exactly sort of say what the source of pain is so it's more so describing the location mm. of pain and the yeah. symptoms i know they do that with non-specific lower back pain i know andrew locke's got a lot to say about that you know there is something in there that's causing the pain and, the other, and then listen then then the other side is saying it, it doesn't really matter what's causing the pain as long as you've ruled anything underlying and we actually don't know what's causing the pain i still like to give patients because I, I still think that there's tissues that are the driver of pain that's that's my bias and i haven't seen enough research yet to challenge that and i don't think you have either or have you clinically though can you say that you can determine exactly what the source of pain is without imaging Mm. i think i can be again i can't be a hundred percent but i can definitely be pretty confident based off the clinical tests that i can do plus we know from those tests those tests themselves have sensitivity and specificity. So if I do enough of them, I can make my diagnosis pretty close. Definitely not 100%. But Are we close. talking about a glute tendinopathy or exercise induced shin pain? It doesn't okay. matter. Anything. So let's talk about a, a glute tendinopathy quickly. Or well, how then. about we talk about the case that's okay. in hand? <laughs> yeah, sure. Snake. I, I don't think that clinically you can determine what structure is involved based off the testing we have. I think it's too sensitive and not specific. Okay. Well, I don't think tendons hurt at night, but I think bones do. That's just one test I've But got. not all bones hurt at night. I know. I know, as I said, it's not 100%, but most. Not all, What about but a most. very reactive tendonopathy? And if that I'm, could hurt at night. So when we're talking about shin pain, if I'm pushing into the medial border of their tibia, I'm not pushing into any tendons. The anatomy, it's not there. And some people, it might, but in generally, there's going to be no tendon where I'm pushing into. Would you say that's correct? So what's the difference then between... What was that other syndrome that No, you... no, you missed what I said. Okay. So if I'm, if I'm pushing into someone's tibia, mm-hmm. I know I'm not pushing into the tendon. And if they start running and it hurts straight away and typically gets worse and worse, and it is getting worse and worse and worse until they have to stop, mm-hmm. just those two tests alone, I know they're not 100%, but yeah. I'm pretty confident that's not a tendon because yeah. tendons don't behave that way. Agreed. Yeah. How can you determine if it's a bone stress injury or a, um, like a shin splint? Oh, no, I know it sits on the continuum. I definitely can't tell if it's a stress 
I couldn't be 100% confident to say it's what level of stress reaction it is, mm-hmm. but I can be definitely confident it's bone related and it's in that medial border of the tibia. So I can be confident it's that diagnosis. And I think for that reason is why they're calling it exercise induced shin pain because you can't be confident if it's shin splints or if it's a bone stress injury. Well, what's the difference? Because it's either a stress fracture or a stress reaction. Isn't it only going to be those two? There can't be anything yeah. more. So it's either a stress reaction, which I can definitely, I can pretty confidently rule out of it to fracture or a reaction. Mm-hmm. How can you rule out if it's a fracture or a reaction? Confidently, just from like focal tenderness, ability to hop, the way it presents, the way the pain comes on, severity of pain, intensity of pain at night. Like again, that's not 100%, but just those four questions alone give me a pretty good idea. You have to would you would have to mm-hmm. say that mm-hmm. we have to have those tests because it changes the management. Yeah, I would always. I think I would all, more often than not. I'd, I'd get imaging done. Yeah, I, well, we're moving away away from. You're yeah. definitely moving away from the question. No, what, what if I'm, you're scared, just tell everyone. <laughs> I think it's the syndrome component as well that they don't. That's if we call it exercise-induced shin pain, I think that is too vague, and I think we can be more specific from the test that we have. Oh, I know what I was thinking of. Sorry, I might have been thinking because I've been trying to remember what that other one was. So patellofemoral pain syndrome, it, that's another one where people are trying to move away from the, the oh, syndrome yeah. part of it. Cool. So can you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me. I was, mm. I, I'm just I'm just stating the facts. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. That it's exercise-induced shin pain. That's what that's what the politically correct term for it is these days. Where have you Where have you read that? And who's been telling you this? Go chat to Greg Lehman or Adam Meekins or or anyone that. That's what they're calling it. Yeah. How sure are you about this? I'm sure. So does that mean that just because those two, does that mean the whole consensus is generally we're moving away from it? Mm, no, but I trust them more than most people. Yeah, I just haven't heard. I haven't read anything about it either. I know the shin splints more because it's just nocebic, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that medial tibial stress syndrome is still the mainstay. All the presentations we've done, they, they don't. I haven't heard anything about it. Mm. They didn't mention anything in the foot and ankle show. I still like exercise induction pain and if a patient says what's that what will you say well i often would tell them it's i would explain it to them first and probably send them for an mri and wait 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 so if they say okay kelly i've got exercise induced shin pain what is that that's commonly known as shin splints so why not just call it shin splints then or why not just call it medial tibial stress syndrome like if someone said that to you why not because if a patient wants to know, what are you going to say? Like clinicians listen to this. Like if, let's say that you're trying to change or everyone that's listening to this right now, you're trying to change them from exercise induced, from MTSS to exercise induced lower leg pain. I think exercise induced shin pain is less confusing than medial tibial stress syndrome. For patients? Yeah. And you don't think that patients will say anything about it? They'll just go, oh, okay. I would say... What what we're calling this what is, is exercise-induced shin pain or <laughs> commonly known as shin splints. What's, what is the question? So when they say what is, what's, what, is in pain, what is causing my pain, what would you say? I'd say it's a stress to the tibia 
due to exercise. It, yeah, so it's a stress to the tibia around the medial border. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So why not call it medial tibial stress syndrome? Because that's quite jargon. That's quite like physiopodiatry healthcare jargon. I think exercise-induced shin pain is easier for a patient to understand. Okay. So is this what you do with all your patients? What? Is that what you call it? Exercise-induced lower leg pain? Yep. Really? Who yep. else does that? I don't know. No, no, no. Like, do you know anyone else that does it? Calls it that? Yeah. Well, only the good physios. Right. Cool. Okay. You know, I've known you for a long time and I've never heard you call that ever in my whole life. Because I know you're not up to date with the, the research. You're way behind. Right. Okay. I've just never heard, heard you say that. I've only ever heard you say it literally in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. So does that mean you never give anything specific diagnosis? Do you just call it knee syndrome? No. I, I give some specific diagnosis, but I, a lot of the time I'm more vague. Really? Mm-hmm. So even if, okay. Just because I don't think I can be confident a lot of the time. Well, you can't be confident all the time with anything, but you can be pretty confident. Like I'm pretty confident with my diet. Without sounding too cloudy, I'm pretty confident with my testing. On what? On Depending anything. Depending on what? Well, on, any, on any structure. I can definitely be pretty certain. I challenge then, that. But then when I treat them and they get better, I'm even more confident. I understand that they can yeah. get better on their and own. And I treat them and they get better with my vague diagnosis. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All the time. No, it doesn't matter. But I think patients do care. And I think we can be a little bit more specific I don't specific think they care as much as you think they do. I think you care about what the diagnosis is. I think if they've got a plan and they understand why we're doing what we're doing and it's going to help them, then they're pretty happy. Have you seen the research knowing that says what patients want to know? Yeah. It's what I can and can't do. What's the diagnosis and how long until I get better? They're the three questions that they want to... That's what they want to know. Yeah, and, we've got and the I research. give them a, a diagnosis. It's just a vague diagnosis. Mm. I have no problem with telling someone they've got load-related shoulder pain. And the explanation for that is we've ruled out there being anything sinister or nasty going on. At the moment, your shoulder is presenting ah, got it. pain mm-hmm. due to a lack of capacity to tolerate specific movements and activities. So what we're going to do is we're going to slowly start to expose you to those movements or activities, begin to develop a little bit of strength in these areas that we've identified as deficits or weaknesses mm-hmm. and see how your shoulder responds. And then if it doesn't respond, then I will go down a pathway of referring them to, say, a sports doctor for more specific mm-hmm. diagnostics. But majority of the time they get better without okay. needing to so you get tell every, them that so then what care involved what do you treat it as load related shoulder pain but treatment for joint for tendon these are all they're different mm. the treatment differs so what do you treat it as you have probably to... more tendony then oh okay so you just call it vague but you treat it as a tendon because that's what you think it is not necessarily. There could, the bursa could be involved. There could be, I don't know, irritation to so even, other structures even around the area. So even if it's vague, it's important for clinicians to understand because you can't actually treat it as load-related shoulder pain. You have to know, you have to have an idea of the structures involved. No, or you don't. You do because your treatment differs. Not, not necessarily though. Really? So if I'm treating, I mean, this is just for the foot and the ankle. If mm. it's a joint or it's attended my treatment my treatment is very so yeah. what about yeah, I mean, what about not... okay okay what about achilles pain someone mm-hmm. comes in and you say oh you've got achilles pain you need to know if it's a peritendon or yeah, it's an so achilles so that's something that i can differentiate and i would treat differently but when 
I'm, I'm probably talking more so about when, like, for example, lower back pain or mm. lateral hip pain. Those ones, I think you've, you can't always be certain about what no, no. structure is involved. Let's, let's not harp on it. I agree. We can't always be certain. You can't mm. bring that argument up anymore. I agree with that. But I think we can be a little bit more certain than... Because you've, you've got to have some understanding because the treatment differs. I know it's not a treat differs a lot, but it does differ. Like if I'm treating a bursa or a tendon, the treatment's almost the opposite. What do you... How are you going to treat... So let's talk about knee osteoarthritis versus patellofemoral pain versus a grumbly meniscus. How would you treat them differently? I don't know. I don't treat knees. Can you give me a foot example? <laughs> okay. What about... Uh, see, it's, foot's probably different. This is probably where we're running into... Yeah, true. Because the foot's not a part of the human body. It is pretty different. No, I think it's... I'll give an example, okay? Okay, go. How would I treat someone with an attenuative plantar fascia irritation so it's the actual fascia yeah or a compressive heel pain where it's more the fat pad one i'm really trying to unload and they they get clumped into plantar heel pain and i can understand we don't really know what's going on but my treatment differs i'm trying to load initially that Mm. plantar fascia earlier with a a fat pad i'm trying to unload it yeah i agree i agree and i would do the same thing for for that particular condition i Mm. would I would be able. I would say that I could treat a tenuative plantar fascia myself, whereas a compressive mm. plantar fascia I'd send to you. But like a sub is a subacromial bursa and like a rotator cuff tendinopathy. Yeah, see that I'd treat the same. Are you meant to? Yeah. Okay, I thought you unload a bursa. Not really. I often explain. Well, a you bursa. don't load it as much, more so. Depends on how irritated it is. I often explain bursa is it's like a if you can imagine a blister on the back of your heel, and irritated bursa is like a really um, acute sore blister, and then as you start to to load it, it turns almost more callousy. So it's still just like a deload reload process same with a same with a tendon you mm. slightly pull back on the load and then you reload it so it's exactly the same i well symptom wise yeah you're kind of doing no, the, the, same the thing. rehab so if i've got a so that it's exactly the same nothing differs well the, the patient differs so that's no, 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 I mean, going to change but if the same patient has a bursitis or a rotator cuff tendinopathy i'd probably do the same thing yeah exactly the same mm-hmm. wow if you're listening to this and you're a shoulder physio or anything, please reach out. I had no idea. I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong. I apologize. I've just wasted 17 minutes of your life. I, 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 yeah, I thought it was different. Okay. Maybe just in the foot. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's exactly the same. Cause it, I, so it doesn't matter. So the diagnosis doesn't matter at I, all. I, as, as I said, it's a. It's for me. It would be rotator cuff related pain, and yeah, yeah. it would well, be. I've got you on record now saying that there's no. There's yeah, no difference. and the way that I'd treat it would be deload, and then reload. Yeah, but and I deload like your strategy would be the exact same. All the exercises, still plyometrics, everything, just like you. Not plyometrics, but all your rehab would be the same. Yeah, I'd probably start them with basic rotator cuff stuff with elbows by their sides and yeah. then progress it to elbows out and then and, even and the, also include like some pushing and pulling elbows sort of below shoulder height and progress it to overhead and then depending on what their sport is add more sport specific harder stuff in yeah wow so yeah okay we're gonna have to get let's is there, oh, you know we can get sam 
let's get Jared Powell on to talk about it and see if he does anything different. Mm. Sure. Wow, you're on the record. You are on the record <laughs> saying that versus and tenant. I'm going to have people come at me. That's yeah. just the way that I do it. I And look, there's so many different ways that you probably can oh, do it. Oh, you can't say that now. You, I gave you the opportunity. I haven't had a problem. You said everything's different. Whether it be cancer or tendinopathy, it's exactly the same. You don't, you've just got... So why don't we just start calling it you've just got pain? Why don't we? We should. We could just say you've got pain. Yeah, and and I don't. You've just think got that foot. You've just got foot pain. And I, I think you can if you mm. explain why they've got it and what we're going to do about it then, well enough. Then yeah. I think that they. I think some people wouldn't mind. What, so then why? The, the why patients, do surgeons? Why don't surgeons like? Why do they have to give a diagnosis? Because usually by the time it's gotten to a surgeon, it's gone down the track of seeing a physio or a podiatrist, and they've tried other management so if Mm. so if that person that shoulder person didn't get better with Mm. my strategy then i would happily refer them on for making sure that my diagnosis is correct if if i have a patient that why not just do that in the first place so that doesn't have to happen because i'm it's probably more so the chronic things that i'm talking about like if Mm. it's if it's an acute injury then i'd be looking to see if it's like an ac joint or Mm. if there's been a dislocation or if there's been Mm. a a rotator cuff tear and i will be more specific with the diagnostics with an acute injury but when it's looking more chronic then Mm. i don't have a problem with going vague yeah 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 Yeah, because it's i guess the more complex drivers of pain probably become more prominent exactly exactly okay yeah I think I'm probably maybe biased because the the foot and the ankle. No, that's I can't really say that because it's 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 the same everywhere in the body. I just know the docs. I just think yeah, I I think it's more important. I think it's not as important as what people think, but I do think it's more important than what you're saying, and that's my opinion. And then obviously your opinion is mm-hmm. different, even if it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Versus bone stresses, fractures, just all the same. No, not all the same. I, I definitely don't think those I can't things. Wait. I've got an initial tomorrow. Those things don't fit into that same bucket. And when I send them my treatment all. plan, I'm going to say diagnosis: foot pain. <laughs> Goals: treat foot pain. So, so okay. Let's say, and I'm going to try and work with you here. Obviously, if you got this far, we're not going to be talking about my case study of shin splints. <laughs> we got off topic. Are you? <laughs> So if somebody, if I say, let's say I say to you, Kelly, you have, you've had foot pain or sorry, you have foot pain and then you say, what's causing the pain? I know I can go the way of it doesn't matter what it's, doesn't really matter too much as long as we rule out all the sinister stuff and we blah, blah, blah. Do you think that patients will take that in? I know it's up to us to, you know, create doubt and and try and convince them and show, show them that it doesn't matter. But I think that they do care more than, than what we think. Why do you think that? Because when we research it, that they want to know. Do they want to know exactly what the structure is or how they get better? No, they just they just want a diagnosis. And I don't think foot, foot pain is a diagnosis. Why? But they want to know a couple of things because it, it doesn't tell you... Well, I guess it is, yeah, the structure. They, they want to know what's causing the pain. Yeah, and... I, I would. I actually wouldn't just say to someone, "You've got foot pain." Oh. I'd be. I'd probably say. Uh, Lower leg foot related pain. No, so like with the foot, I'd I'd say either a version of plantar heel pain, like either the tenuative mm-hmm. or compressive plantar heel pain. Or oh, so you just use the structure. I honestly the location. 
So you've got yeah, yeah. You've got dors um, you got dorsal midfoot related pain. No. No. You've got anterior knee related pain. But I think that the ankles that I would usually see would be more acute. Mm-hmm. So I'd diagnose that as a lateral ankle sprain mm. or a Achilles tendinopathy, insertional or mid-portion. See, and there that matters because generally we don't want to be giving an insertional Achilles early on if they're irritable. We don't want to be giving them that compressive force or that stretching force. Compared to a mid-portion? Yeah, so I'd tell them if it's mid-portion or insertional. That's oh. not hard to figure out. Okay. Yeah, but you're saying it doesn't matter. We don't need to tell them that. No, I would. I would tell them that. So it only matters ones, in certain cases. The ones that I don't tell them a specific about is if it's chronic and if it's typically if it's around the hip, the lower back, the neck or the shoulder. Do you think that you could give it to them and say that? I, could you also say... But what would I say? You know, you could say, listen, you know, you have um, knee pain. From my testing, it looks like it might be the medial meniscus. Does it really matter if it's not the medial meniscus? I mean, maybe you could just give them something. I don't know. And so sometimes I often will give them that for the knee. (laughs) I will say like... So it's um, only in this one But but then also in in other cases, I will call it load-related knee pain. Okay. Depending on the patient, I kind of just... Um, and how do, you, how do you know they don't care? Because I listen to what their goals are at the start. And if their goals are, I want to know exactly what's going on. Then And That's they, they want to know a diagnosis specifically. Then I'll give them some sort of vague diagnosis. If they want to know, Hang how on, do I get goals? better? I've never had someone say that as a goal. They oh, say they oh, want to get back no, to sorry, running. What, what do you want to get out of this session? Okay. We, I ask them goals and also what do they want to get out of today and then what do they want to get out long term. If they want to get out of today, I just want to know how to get better. I just mm. want to know a plan moving forwards. Mm-hmm. Then I'm quite happy to say load-related knee pain. Yeah, and you've ruled for out example. the stuff. Yeah, yeah. When, okay. Once ruling out that if there's something specific, then I will tell them. Like if they've just had a patella dislocation, I'm going to mm. tell them they've had a patella dislocation. Mm. Or if I'm suspicious of an ACL, then I'll tell them that there's an ACL. But if they've had this weird grumbly chronic knee problem that hurts a bit when they're running down hills or running up hills and it's a bit vague all over the place Mm. and they're not heaps like concerned about exactly a diagnosis based off what they've told me in the subjective then I have no problem with saying look it's a it's a knee pain that's sensitive to loading in these particular activities so diagnostically I'm just going to go a little bit vague and call it load related knee pain because we've ruled out the other stuff and treatment wise what we need to do is start to Mm -hmm. load it and expose it back to these movements yeah I like that that was really good yeah I agree with that good (laughs) that was good in the foot though i do agree with you i think in the foot it's harder or different and i i like i actually can't really think of too many examples where i would go that vague in the foot yeah and i think i think that is because it's quite uh, i I agree that you're difficult uh, maybe to to treat it unless you know what's going on a lot of the time in the foot i mean i was wrong i thought that thing could i thought the foot was very similar because the way the structure responds, like 
I didn't think that bursas responded as well to strength and conditioning as tendons did, but it seems to be your saying. Well, in the, the bursa probably did. doesn't necessarily respond to the strength and conditioning, but it responds to the deloading and reloading. Yeah, but like, I, and when I say when you're saying it's similar, yes, I understand deload, reload, but I, but you're saying it's, it's you would do the same thing regardless. If it didn't get wise. better, then I potentially would send them to a yeah. doctor for a cortisone yeah, yeah. injection or something like that. Mm, would you say that to them? No, but that's in my mind. If I was to send them, that's what I'd imagine they'd probably do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. It was interesting. I so we obviously didn't talk about shin pain, but this was really good. I think <laughs> to go back and forth because Kelly and I are a complete opposite. I genuinely. Mm do like to give a diagnosis whether it's just different in the foot mm. i was um, just thinking of another one that that i often will go vague with is um like anterior hip pain mm-hmm. instead of fai, FAI whatever it is. that's one that i'll say yeah i'll call it anterior hip pain mm-hmm. and i understand you kind of you can't know the driver of pain I, I do think that we can definitely be we can rule out Sorry, not rule out, but we can be more confident of some things compared to others with our testing. I would definitely, definitely say that. And maybe the foot is different. Mm. I, I don't have too much experience treating people's shoulders or, or backs. And I can understand that you don't have to have a diagnosis always. And I guess you can treat the pattern and how it presents if you've ruled out the sinister underlying stuff. But mm. I, I don't, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe patient, maybe I'm just putting my beliefs and I think that patients want to know. But sometimes they will ask me point blank, what, what is the yeah. diagnosis and what's going on? And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to tell them. And I always say, this is what we think it is. And I had a, a person on um, Thursday, a lovely young hiker, um, with like second MPJ pain and I was saying to her you know it doesn't really matter too much if it's a capsulitis or a bursitis or a synovitis like the treatment is still going to be the same like you said unload mm. or um, basically give it a cuddle and then gradually re- reload it but yeah good I like this one it was a good for us to disagree because we only do that all the time <laughs> <laughs> something different do you have anything to add yeah I, I the only thing that i did want to just touch on or yeah. just add quickly was um i think i think when they're at when patients are sort of at our stage of seeing like a physio or a podiatrist i think that's when it's sort of more okay and i totally understand from a like when you're a, like a specialist point mm. of view that the diagnosis becomes so much more important because they've gone through this and then that's when it's really important to make sure they know exactly what's Mm. going on. But I think in the sort of like triage process of, you know, patients getting better, I don't think, I I think the other reason why sometimes it can be helpful to be a bit vague is because if you go specific sometimes with a structure, then they kind of cling to that as like almost a part of their identity. And I think, I wonder if that's where the issues with like discs becoming so scary and lower back pain Mm. almost sort of stemmed from. So I just, yeah, that's that's kind of why as well. I have no problem with. Yeah, I agree that they kind of carry that baggage with them. Yeah. I've had this disc, I've had a disc bulge, this Mm. kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Didn't think of that. Yeah, I, I, I do... Yeah, I can see both sides. And I hope that people take it, take out of this what you will. And we always say this, it's in the gray area. Like you never know if you should use it, if you shouldn't, but it's up to you to be able to make that decision. There's definitely cases where it needs to, it's probably more beneficial to have a diagnosis, but you definitely don't always have to. Mm. Cool. So 
yeah, we're going to talk about... Actually, what we were going to say, if anyone has any other case studies questions that they want to send in, please send them through and we'll get on to them. Otherwise, we'll speak to you guys next week. Have a lovely week. Bye.